Good morning, everybody. How are you today? Good. I've got a story, as always. One late night, there was an entrepreneur, and he was from Texas, and he's flying his Cessna 172 over rural Texas, and it's late at night. And he's coming into the airfield, and he's in a rare mood, and so he decides he's going to joke around with the air traffic controller who happens to be his friend. So he's coming in for a landing, and instead of radioing in his request to land, he says to his friend, guess who? So he's coming in, and within a few seconds, the lights flicker off in the airfield, and the runway goes pitch black, and then radioed back to him, guess where? Joshua chapter 1, which we just read, begins with the people of God coming in for a landing in the promised land. But as they get really close, the lights go out and they're completely lost because Moses, their leader, dies and everything is dark and they're disillusioned and they're in mourning because Moses, the man who led them out of slavery in Egypt, will not be around to lead them into the promised land. They're discouraged. The people are tired. Their eyes are wet from mourning. They're not really in a mood to take up a new battle. They're not in a mood to take up a Herculean mission from God. They're not really in the mood to do something that looks to them impossible. They're not really ready to live in the promised land because they were in mourning and they were without their leader But our God speaks to us even in those times of mourning. God speaks to us even when we're not in the mood to hear from him. God speaks to us even when we're not ready to hear him speak. And he speaks to us in those moments and he calls us to follow him. And God spoke to the people and this is what he said, Joshua chapter 1. After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses' aid, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now then, you and all these people get ready to cross the Jordan River into the land I am about to give to them, to the Israelites. I will give you every place where you set your foot, as I promised Moses. So often when our God speaks, he doesn't say something new. He says what he's already said a million times before. He talks about the promises he's already made. He reminds us of the covenant, the promise that he's already given us in his word. And long before Joshua arrived on the scene here in Joshua chapter 1, God promised that land to Moses. And God promised the land to Moses when Moses was living in the pit of despair And God promised the land to Moses when Moses was reeling over the sins of his youth. God promised the land to Moses when Moses did not deserve to have anything promised to him. And Moses was on the run for 40 years and he lacked purpose. And he woke up every single day of his life feeling guilt on the inside that he could not get rid of. And then at that moment, God showed up. For Moses, with an incredible promise, Moses was tending the flock, and he came to Horeb, the mountain of God. There the angel of the Lord appeared to him in flames of fire from within a bush, and God called to him from within the bush, Moses, Moses. And Moses said, here I am. 
And the Lord said, I have indeed seen the misery of my people in Egypt, and I've heard them crying out because of their slave drivers, and I am concerned about their suffering, so I have come down to rescue them. Does that remind you of anybody you know? I've seen the misery of my people. I've heard them crying out. I'm concerned about their suffering. So I have come down to rescue them from the hand of the Egyptians and to bring them up out of that land into a good and spacious land, a land flowing with milk and honey, the home of the Canaanites and Hittites, Amorites, Perizzites, Hivites, and Jebusites. And now the cry of the Israelites has reached me, and I have seen the way the Egyptians are oppressing them. So now go. I am sending you, Moses, to Pharaoh to bring my people out of Egypt. But Moses said to God, Who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and bring your people out of Egypt? Who am I, Lord? I'm a sinful man. I've been hiding from you for 40 years. I wake up every single day with guilt in my life. Who am I that I should be the one to go to Pharaoh and deliver the Israelites out of Egypt? And you know what God said? God said, Moses, I will be with you. It won't be easy, but I will be with you. Go, assemble the elders of Israel and say to them, The Lord, the God of your fathers, the God of Abraham and Isaac and Jacob, appeared to me, and he said, I've watched over you, and I've seen what's been done to you in Egypt. And I have promised to bring you up out of your misery in Egypt into a land that is a good and spacious land, a land flowing with milk and honey. When God speaks, he talks about the promises he's already made. He talks about the covenant that he's already made with us. He reminds us of the promises he's already given us in his word. And long before Moses arrived on the scene, God made that same promise to Abram. The Lord said to Abram, leave your country and your people and everything you know and go into this land. And the Lord said to him, lift up your eyes from where you are and look north and look south and look east and look west. All the land that you see, Abram, I will give to you and your offspring forever. So go walk through the length and breadth of the land, for I am giving it to you. And Abram moved his tents, and he went to live near the great trees of Mamre, where he built an altar to the Lord. God promised that land to Abraham, even though taking possession of the land was a long way off. And the New Testament, looking back on the life of Abraham, says, By faith, Abraham made his home in the promised land like a stranger in a foreign country. He lived in tents, as did Isaac and Jacob, who were heirs with him of the same promise. Abraham is an heir of the promise. Isaac, Jacob are heirs of the promise. 400 years after all those guys Moses is an heir of the same promise, and God calls Moses to an impossible mission, and Moses says, who am I that I should be the one to go to Pharaoh and deliver the Israelites out of Egypt? And God said, Moses, I will be with you. It won't be easy, but I will be with you. 
And God used Moses to lead his people out of slavery in Egypt and through the Red Sea and into the freedom of the wilderness. And it should have taken about 11 days to walk at that point to the promised land. But they lost faith and God wanted to teach the people to trust him. And it ended up taking 40 years to get back to the bank of the Jordan River on the other side of the promised land. And at the end of Moses wandering around for 40 years, At the end of Moses' life, he stood up in front of the people and he said, I'm now 120 years old and I'm no longer able to lead you. The Lord has said to me, you shall not cross the Jordan. The Lord, your God himself, will cross over ahead of you and he will destroy the nations before you and you will take possession of their land. Joshua also will be with you, as the Lord said. Now, I think that that right there is incredible because Moses does not say, don't worry, guys, when I die, Joshua's taken over. What Moses says is, don't worry, because the Lord your God himself will cross over ahead of you. God's going first. God's going to prepare the way. He's going before you. And as a footnote, Joshua also will go over ahead of you as the Lord said. God won't leave you without a leader. God promises Joshua to be the leader following Moses' death. But it's never really about the human leader. It is about God. At the end of the day, our God is preparing the way. And he's going before you. And he's crossing over ahead of you. And he's getting everything ready because God's presence goes before you in any mission that God gives you. And for those of you who are here and going to Vermont with us on Friday, we're not going to just get in vans and drive down the highway and make our own way and plow our own path. We're actually going on a mission which we believe God has given us, and God himself is going to go before us and ahead of us to prepare the way, to open the doors, to get everything ready. We're not going alone. We're going with God. And if you think back on your life, none of you are 120, right? If you think back on your life as Moses did at the end of 120 years, he could see those times in his life where God did go before him and did open doors. How many of you, when you moved to a new place, or took a new job, or God put a person into your life that would be so important to your future, you can look back and say, that was the hand of God. God went before me. He made the way. He opened the door. He was with me. I didn't get here all by myself. God went ahead of me. Moses says, be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be terrified. For the Lord your God goes with you wherever you go. He will not leave you or forsake you. Moses knows at the end of 120 years of life that God had been pursuing him for each of those years and was always with him and never forsook him and never left him. And if you read the story of Moses, there are tons of times in his life where he says, God, where are you? I feel like you're distant. I feel like you're not with me. There are those times in all of our lives, no matter how close we are to God, where it seems like God's not with us. But at the end, when we get to the other side and look back, we can know and testify as Moses did, God was with you always, always. 
every single moment. And Moses summoned Joshua at the end of his life in the presence of all Israel. And Moses said, Be strong and courageous, for you must go with this people into the land that the Lord swore to their forefathers to give to them, and you must divide it among them as their inheritance. The Lord himself goes before you. He will be with you. He will never leave you. He will never forsake you. So do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. And then Moses climbed to the top of Mount Nebo, and the Lord showed him a view of the whole land from Gilead to Dan, and all of Naphtali, the territory of Ephraim and Manasseh, all the land of Jericho as far as the western sea, the Negev, and the whole region from the valley of Jericho, the city of Palms, as far as Zoar. And then the Lord said to him, This is the land I promised on oath to Abraham and Isaac and Jacob when I said, I will give it to your descendants. And you can actually take a flight to Israel today, and you can climb to the top of Mount Nebo, and we have some pictures for you of the view that Moses saw at the top of the mountain. He looked west, and he saw the promised land. Can you see the picture there? Now that rock is not from Moses' time. That rock is new, but do you see the arrows etched into it, and do you see the names of those cities? It's a little hard to see, but if you have really good vision 2020 or better, you can probably see the names of some of those cities. You see Jericho. Do you see Bethlehem? You know what happened in Bethlehem? Do you see the Mount of Olives? And do you see Jerusalem? God gives Moses a view of this land from the top of a mountain. Moses has no idea the full significance of this view, but that land is the land that would be the birth of our Lord Jesus Christ. It is the river, the Jordan River, where Jesus himself would be baptized. It is the land where Jesus walked around and he taught about the kingdom and he healed the sick and he brought sight to the blind and he trained his disciples. The Mount of Olives is the place where Jesus wept over the city one week before he would die. The Mount of Olives is the place where Jesus went into the garden and wept because he knew it was coming. Outside the city of Jerusalem, Jesus was crucified on a cross. And then on the third day, God raised him from the dead. This right here, that's the land of the empty tomb. That is the land where Jesus walked around for 40 days as the resurrected Lord. That is the land from which Jesus ascended into heaven. It is the land on which the Holy Spirit descended for those first believers. And it is the land from which God launched his mission to reach the whole world with the good news of Jesus Christ. That land right there is a holy land. And Moses did not know the full significance of the view that God was giving him, but what he did know was that God would come through on his promise. And he gets this last view of the promised land, and God says to Moses, I've let you see it with your own eyes. And Moses, the servant of the Lord, died there in Moab, as the Lord had said. Now, when you lose somebody like Moses, somebody of such significance in your life, somebody you love with all your heart, you can think the promise of God is dead. There is no hope. There is no future for me now. I remember hearing a public school teacher say the day President Kennedy died, these elementary students in his class heard the news, and one of the students who hardly ever talked raised his hand and he said, what are we going to do now? 
Moses died, the people gathered around and they raised their hand and they said, what are we going to do now? We had a promise, but God promised the land to Moses and now Moses is dead. And it seemed that day that all hope was gone. It seemed that day that the future was dim. But the most amazing thing happens in the transition between Deuteronomy 34 and Joshua chapter 1. The transition between the Pentateuch, the five books of Moses, and the historical books. The transition between Moses and Joshua. It's a new chapter in Israel's story. Yes, Moses is dead. But there is somebody who is not dead. And that's the living God. And God takes the promise that Moses handed down to Joshua and God re-delivers it himself. He picks up the promise. He speaks it anew. He breathes new life into their sails. And this is the full text of Joshua chapter 1. After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, Moses' aid, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now then you and all these people get ready to cross the Jordan River into the land I'm about to give them to the Israelites. I will give you every place where you set your foot. As I promised Moses, your territory will extend from the desert to Lebanon and from the great river, the Euphrates, all the Hittite country, all the way to the Mediterranean Sea in the west. And nobody will be able to stand against you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses... So I will be with you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. Be strong and courageous because you will lead these people to inherit the land I swore to their ancestors to give to them. Be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the law my servant Moses gave you. Do not turn aside from it to the right or to the left so that you may be successful wherever you go. Keep this book of the law always on your lips and meditate on it day and night so you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. Now go fulfill the mission I have for your life. Go inherit the land I promised to you. It won't be easy. It won't be easy. But I will be with you. The Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. And there may be days in your life where it feels like the Lord your God is not with you. And he's distant and he's absent. Our Lord Jesus himself on the cross cried out, quoting Psalm 22. And he said, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? But that was Friday, and Jesus had yet to look back on his life from the vantage point of Easter Sunday. And on the third day, God raised him from the dead, and the angel said to the women, He is not here. He has risen just as he said. And when Jesus looked back from the perspective of Easter Sunday, all he could see was the faithfulness of his father, He knew all along that he would be raised from the dead. He told his disciples on several occasions, we're going to Jerusalem and everything that is written by the prophets about the Son of Man will be fulfilled. He will be delivered over to the Gentiles and they will mock him and they will insult him and they will spit on him and they will flog him and kill him. But on the third day, he will rise again. 
That was a promise from God, which Jesus Christ, as God made, on the third day the Son of Man will rise again. When you receive a promise like that from God, you can take it to the bank. When you receive a promise from God, you can have faith that he really will come through. And the Son of Man, in fulfillment of the mission of God, was born in a manger, and he was squirming around in the dirt of that land that was promised on oath to Abraham and Isaac and Jacob and to Moses and to Joshua and to the Old Testament people of God. And our Lord lived a perfect life and he ushered in the kingdom. And the Bible says, for the joy set before him, he endured the cross and he scorned its shame and he sat down at the right hand of the Father. Our Lord had faith that on the other side of the cross, there would be joy. And our Lord Jesus Christ is alive right now this morning, and he speaks to us the same exact promise that he spoke to the Old Testament people of God. I will be with you wherever you go. You have a mission from God, and our mission is this. Go make disciples of all nations, baptize them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and teach them to obey everything I have commanded you. But the mission from God is always, always, always accompanied by the promise of God. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. It won't be easy, but I will be with you. So be strong and be courageous and don't be terrified and don't be discouraged. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. To God be the glory now and forever. Amen.